0: So I got a, a knock on my office door over here at C-133 um, at, uh, I think it was 1046, yep. <laughs> and Dr. Shannon, who's one of our advisors, said, um, the person who's supposed to be here today to speak is not able to get here, can you jump in for this? And being the train of reflexes is like one of my biggest things. I said, absolutely, it'd be my pleasure. So I am super glad to be here. Um, and I put something together, like this was like a 15-minute, I put everything together, I took PowerPoint slides from other things and scrambled, because I don't know how to talk without a PowerPoint, because I'm like stuck with it. Um, So, (coughs) reflexes to me are probably the single most important thing that I do in practice next to the adjustment itself. I cannot (laughs) begin to tell you how important primary reflexes have become in my practice, especially since my specialty is kids on the spectrum. So, my practice is 60% peds, and probably 50 or 60% of the kids are on the spectrum in one way, shape, or form, or another. Whether they're minimally speaking, or they're high functioning, they're somewhere in between there. Um, and, And this is what I am testing on them. And it's extremely important to understand the why. And then we're going to go, we're going to do it. This is going to be a hands-on thing. So this isn't going to be just me babbling, although I certainly can do that. But this isn't going to be a babbling thing. This is going to be a doing thing. Because I want you guys to learn how to do this, because it is that critical in practices, especially when you're dealing with the, the children who are neurodivergent. <clears throat> Some background. Um, Dr. Melillo, I don't know how, how many of you guys have me with Dr. Robert Melillo, chiropractor? Wow, okay, uh, okay, before we go on then, hold on a second. Um. All right. Um. If you're going to have a pitcher practice, you must buy this book. It's not even, you should read it, you might want to read it. If you're going to have a serious pediatric practice, you have to buy this book. Um, And it's not expensive, you know. uh, You can get it for 13 bucks, you can get used ones for a dollar. The third edition is coming out. Dr. Robert Melillo is a chiropractor, a functional neurologist. Um, He has, uh, he's the former uh, owner of the Brain Balance uh, Center, so you may have heard about that. Um, And uh, he, does what they call the Child Care Developmental uh, Disorders series. Uh, he has his own seminar series. Uh, I am certified in the Melillo Method. Uh, so um, he's the one who I first heard about uh, primitive reflexes uh, from. And let me get back to that PowerPoint. Um, the, he's probably written more papers about primitive reflexes In chiropractic and in the use with these special needs kids, than any other chiropractor that's out there. Uh, So, and this is one of my favorite papers that he wrote back in 2022, I think it is. Yeah. Retained primitive reflexes and potential for intervention in the autistic spectrum of system. First off, what is a primitive reflex? What is it? Let's see. What is a primitive reflex? that you have from birth. Right, very good. something it's, it's okay that you have from birth, you are born as an infant with a couple of dozen primitive reflexes. Why are they there? Survival. Survival, survival is the number one answer, but that's, that's really a medical reason as to why they're there. That's really another extremely important reason why they're there <laughs> that's beyond just survival. Neurological development. Excellent. Excellent, neurological moment. The, the reason that we reflexes sit there is because if you, as an example, if you take your Sydney, or Sydney? If Sydney is a, this is about a four month old child. If you took a four month old child or you I just examined a, a seven day old child the other day, they're so beautiful. Oh my God, I love little babies. Um, so you go like this to a seven day old child, what do they do? They turn their head. Why? To feed. It's a feeding reflex. right? Every single reflex turns on part of the brain that will later on turn into something else. If you don't have pre-reflexes as a baby, it is quite problematic. Uh, because usually if you don't turn reflexes as a baby, what that's going to indicate is that you're gonna have some other neurological issues. I've seen kids as example with severe cerebral palsy that have come into my practice or a couple months old and they have zero primitive reflexes. That's bad. Because what th- that means is if someone stimulates this cheek and it's supposed to make the brain say, turn your head this way, automatically, to build synapses, the whole point of it primal reflexes to build synapses, but if you don't have an automatic synapse building unit, then the synapses don't get built, and that's when uh, you see a lot of these kids with, with cerebral palsy, they're kind of very limp and helpless, and then later on that limpness, that's because most kids with cerebral palsy start off very limp, later on that it gets tighter and tighter and tighter because the muscles are not being used properly as the brain isn't talking to the muscles properly. So primal reflexes are critical, but, what is supposed to happen to turn reflexes between ages like four months to about a year? What should be happening to them? They should be going away. Now, do they go away like forever? Do they get like zero, never ever to be seen again? No, they get turned down the same way. I'm not going to do it because I've got how these lights work. <clears throat> but if I touch some of these light things over here, I can make all these bright lights go down, right? There's like dimmer switches. So what happens is over time, with enough stimulation, these primer reflexes will start to turn down. So the primer reflexes are coming from the brainstem, and the prefrontal cortex, as it starts to get turned on, will start to tamp down the primer reflexes. So the time a kid is a year old, <coughs> the primer reflexes are now unnecessary, so they have a <coughs> But they're not necessarily turned off, but they're dim. Yeah? So they're turned down at a certain age, but without them, there's no foundation to develop higher neurological Excellent, because the way the brain develops is from the bottom up, right? So brain stems first, All the reflexes come from the brain stem, and then as the brain starts to develop, it starts to develop like this, and then both sides start to turn on, and then the prefrontal cortex starts to kick in, and that's going to start to tamp it down and start to turn them off. If the primal reflexes aren't developed correctly, then the prefrontal cortex isn't going to develop correctly, and this is what happens in kids on the spectrum. Is they have a, what Dr. Melillo will call, and there's another paper he wrote, called functional disconnectivity. Functional disconnectivity, and when you have a functional disconnectivity, what that means is that you may have the right brain parts, but they're not connected correctly, and that's why you have a kid coming into the office. Like I had 20 or 30 of them yesterday, and they're flat they're their hands on like this and Spinning and hardly talking and that kind of stuff because that's that's what happens when the prefrontal cortex isn't turned on So you can have I have a 15 year old boy who does this He walks in and does this And he's hardly he can talk, you can mimic what you say, he can hardly talk Because and you test him and he has what they call retained primitive reflexes Retained primitive reflexes. So here's the next <clears throat> example of something Another paper that Dr. Malillo wrote um, last year, relationship between retained perennial and hemispheric connectivity, as we were just discussing, in autism spectrum disorders. He has written more stuff about autism than any person in chiropractic, which is, if you're interested in autism, you've got to follow Dr. Malillo. He is absolutely like my hero and my mentor in this whole work is how he is going about really studying and trying to help these kids on the spectrum which has now become my mission <clears throat> to help kids on the spectrum. So <clears throat> what happens is, if these pre-reflexes are not turned off, then they are what they call retained. So if you could imagine, if Sydney's brain stem over here still has these pre-reflexes kind of firing, then every message that goes up from the spinal cord to the brain, and every message that goes down from the upper centers down, through the spinal cord has to go through this mixed up area in the brainstem. And remember, the brainstem is the only transit place, right? It's that, that's where it's going. In the coming, you're going through there. So if you've got a traffic jam in this particular area, you're going to have problems. And <clears throat> I can just say from experience, because I now have been working so heavily with autistic kids since my first run through with Dr. Lillard's work in 2008, 2009, 2010, when I first started this stuff, I've probably seen a couple of hundred, maybe a thousand kids on the spectrum. 100% of them have primitive reflexes retained. 100%, not 80%, 60%, but 100%. Now, how badly, depends on the kid. Which ones, depends on the kid. But 100% of them retain primitive reflexes. So, ipso facto, adjusting them is super important, does amazing things with them. But if you don't get rid of the primitive reflexes, you don't really get the results you're looking for. So that's how <clears throat> giant and important these things are. <coughs> so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna teach you the big, the big six, as I call it, <laughs> the big six. So there are, there's like 30 some odd, if you want to really go crazy on pre-reflexes, uh, Maskatova, who's from Russia, she has this whole pre-reflex thing where she has like 36 pre-reflexes can learn. It's overkill. In my opinion, not that it's better wrong, it's just overkill to, to learn that many because you're not gonna test that much on a kid because you're gonna blood their little systems out. Right? When they come into your office, you you don't want to do too much to them to make them hate you in your first visit, right? So you've got to kind of be smart about your, your examination with these kids. <coughs> and by the way, uh who asked me before about re-exams? Someone asked me. Someone, someone one of you guys asked me about re-exams before. And oh, that was you, <laughs> your name is, what? Scott, Scott, Scott asked me about read exams. So, uh, he he's mentioned that a lot of people don't do reexams. I'm telling you, if you're dealing with kids, you gotta do re exams frequently. My reexams are every 10 visits. And I'm not doing it for the money. Of course, you're gonna extra charges for that, I, I get that, but that's not why I'm doing it. This is not a business acumen kind of thought process. You're getting it to look at progress, right? Because a kid on the spectrum, when they first come in, they're not ready for everything, right? you are got to start them kind of at a lower echelon of adjusting. I use a lot of network. I use a lot of bio synchronization. I use a lot of like what I would call tonal techniques on these kids in the beginning because they're not ready for more ossies. Now, some of argue arguments say they are. That's fine. I'm not going to judge anybody. But my version of chiropractic, they're not ready for that. Their brains aren't ready for it. I want to prime the pump, get them ready. And once they're ready, which means I've done total adjusting for like 10 to 12 visits, and the mom and dad caregiver who has worked on primitive reflexes several times a day, every single day for six to eight weeks. Now i do a re-exam, and it tells me, A, how's their brain doing, and B, do we need to change this? Are they ready for a new adjustment protocol? Are they ready for different primitive reflex exercises? You don't wanna, here's the biggest mistake I see in chiropractic, doing the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Because people, especially parents, because most of, most of the kids in my practice are coming in first. It's not the parent that comes in, I have to convince the kids, you know, them to bring the kids. It's the kids come in first and then the parents come. So you want, the parents want homework. I am telling you they want homework for their kids. <coughs> so when they come in, you've got to give them homework and then you got to change the homework because otherwise they get bored. And the child doesn't improve as much because if you're doing pre-reflex exercises that they don't need to do anymore, then it's overkill. So you need to constantly shift and shift and shift and shift. Plus, it makes it more interesting for me. Because I, could, as an example, the other day <coughs> we had a kid come in. When he first came in, the kid was like, going like this, stumbling around and hardly talking, whatever, and I just did his first re-exam last Friday, and he went, he sat the entire time, like completely calm and relaxed. He let me do I everything, mean, let me do your hands, Work are on your popper, guys, he put his hands out, he put his face, he put his face like this, let me work on your eyes, his eyes were not tracking, all these, it was, it was unbelievable, unbelievable changes. But here's the key thing, is the parents don't see all that, right, well he's still not talking. I know he's still not talking here. A lot of kids who are on the spectrum may never talk that much. And that just might be the way it is. But we're seeing their emotional improvement, and I like saying, look at the data. It's listen to me, guys, it's not about that. They have symptoms. It's not, listen, this is what Dr. Webster said a long time ago. It's not about how they're feeling, it's about how they're healing. Very different. Very different. <clears throat> so, we're gonna learn how to check these printer reflexes. <clears throat> so, as an example, and thank you so much for Payson for bringing your uh, reflex hammers. I-, I like using reflexes, not for infants, right? Not for infants. For infants, we're use our fingers to check this. So, I'm gonna forget, you. you take my wife's class, Developmental uh, Human Development, I think, uh, is the class she teaches in it Eighth is. quarter, ninth quarter, yeah. so It's human so. development. Human <laughs> development, yeah. They're, they're morphing that class, too. Yeah. Right. Uh, oh, well. <clears throat> um, so, what is it? Um, when you talk, she'll teach you how to do this with 8th. I may not have time to talk about that. When you're doing it with an older kid, in other words, 8 months, 10 months old or older, older you may use either a printer reflex hammer like this, or like Peso. also thank you so much for bringing this, or if you don't want to use a reflex hammer, some people hate them, and you want to be like sterile, you can use a um, tongue compressor, open it up, use it once, throw it out. So it depends on, it's up to you what you want to do. You're not going to use <coughs> this part of the reflex hammer where you're testing for like, you, need, you know, the Patel reflex and blah, blah, blah. You're using this part of the reflex hammer. And you're going to use the long edge, like this, and not the pointy point Right? The pointy point is for, like, sharp discrimination you know, and that of stuff. We're not talking about that either. We're going to use the long edge like this, okay? So, <coughs> what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about a couple of the pre-reflexes at a time, and then we're going to have you partner up with some friends and neighbors of yours, um, and we're going to test them on each other, okay? <laughs> so, let's talk about rooting and plumber first. <coughs> <coughs> So um, for rooting, here's Sydney. Let's say Sydney was a year old or three-year-olds or whatever. That's not a baby in my hand like it looks like. So and just imagine this to be an older kid. So if you're gonna, and obviously, I'm going to be facing the kid, but I'm showing it to you, so I'm making it easy for you to see. So you're going to take the reflex hammer, and of course, you can explain what this is, and they'll probably try to grab it, etc. cetera. Um, and you're going to put their... Um, the long edge of this, not the pointy edge, the long edge like this, by their lip and go towards their ear. By their lip and go towards their ear. And do it three or four times. Now, with the, you know the, the reflex originally, <laughs> with a baby, supposed to do what? Turn her head. So what should you see in a neurotypical kid? Nothing. Nothing. But what are you probably going to see or potentially see in a child on the spectrum? You're going to see the turn of your head, open your mouth, etc. And the reason why you do this more than once is because you want to watch and see, because if it's a reflex, what, what is it, what's going to do every time? It'll do the, that motion every single time. So you don't play this one, two, three, four, five, you're going to like whoa, 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 right? <laughs> you go like this, right? You go one and then let them do this, and let them relax. And then two, let them do this, and let them relax. And sometimes you'll just see uh, like mild twitches. So it depends on, what, on the kid and what's going on with the kid and how severe each reflex is as to what you're going to see. But you'll see some sort of movement. Make sure you're showing that to the parent. Say, watch. Don't just sit there on your phone. As I do stuff, watch. <coughs> obviously, do this by the way. So that's the first one. The second one. This is getting hot. The second reflex is the palmer grasp. So what would you normally do in a kiddo for palmer grasp? Yeah, so Sydney's a little one. I just go like this. I put my finger in her palm, and she's going to do this. She's going to grab my hand. You take the reflex hammer like this. Once again, not the pointy side down like this. And you go from the wrist to the bottom of the fingers. From the wrist to the bottom of the fingers like this. And repeatedly, you're not gonna go, one, two, three, four, five, right? It's one, let them respond, let them relax. What's the typical response for these kids? They won't do a full grasp. Rarely will I see a full grasp. But you're gonna see this, a twitch, right? A couple of fingers move. Rarely will I see a full grasp. Sometimes in more severe cases, it will. But rare. But most of the time, it's usually kind of a twitch. <laughs> By the way, I don't have time to do this. I teach this in my ICPA seminar, like for hours, so we can go very detailed. But the way that you're supposed to grade these things, the way you do regular reflexes, so you grade like 0, 1, 2, 3, four, 4, being like very crazy, huge, grasping all the way like this, and 0 being not here at all. And obviously, you test model I. Okay? So, everybody grab a partner and my suggestion is do not use your finger whose fingers are misconstrued as tickle devices by kids. So, if you have a pen or a pencil or a stylus or a Sharpie or a marker, use it Go like this and test your neighbor. Some, here's the deal, sometimes when you test adults, they will have a criminal reflex change, um, which is not unusual, and, um, but the difference is is that you guys were born in the 90s, so you guys didn't have the cell phones, microwaves, Monsanto-based food, you know, uh, EMS, etc., to destroy all the things that we, the kids are with now, So you are able to go past it, whereas the little kids now don't have that opportunity. So, and don't be embarrassed if you do, there's ways to get rid of these things, which we'll hopefully talk about in 15 minutes. This this one needs to be a three hour talk. (coughs) Anyway, um, so let's do the next two. So the next two is Galant and (coughs) Babinski. So Galant, reflex normally, you go like this on the baby, from the like, occiput down like this, what should we do? Right, incurvation to that ipsilateral side. With the um, testing an older kid, you're not going to go from the occiput, you're going to go from the lower ribs to the PSAS. Instead of the occiput you down, just the lower ribs to the PSAS on both sides. So you go like this on one side and test it and test it and test it again and then check it. We always do bilateral Important, All these are always done bilateral. And then you test, test, test. What do you think you're going to see in a kid with a primitive reflex positive? You're going to see, you potentially see something like this. Sometimes you, it's important to lift up the shirt. You might see a wave or like they're, like they want to actually, actually have an incurvation, but their muscles will go and it, it's, it's amazing. I it the other day, like I was doing this with a new uh, kid on the spectrum and it was just amazing watching the muscles just like, just, like flutter down and, and you show it to the mom I was like this is not a movement that he was doing. Uh, you can't make that movement up, right? Um, <coughs> it's ideal to be done with a per- child on their hands and knees. If they can't get to their hands and knees, because you can't explain that, trust me, with the kids on the spectrum, sometimes they don't get that. They can't. You, you try to tell them on their hands and knees, and they will not be able to put that together. Even if you show them, they can't put it together. So if you can't get them to go on their hands and knees, you can do it while they're seated or on the line face down. It's just ideal on their hands and knees. <coughs> And then Babinski also done with a, with a, it was other way normally would do it like this. You know. And what's, what does what does it little baby do like this, right? The cutest thing ever. Um, and you would take reflex hammer and do the same motion, go from the heel underneath the toes like this. And what might you see with these kids? Is you might see not a full basically like this, but you might see just little flickers of movements. In some cases, especially, let's say you're yesterday, to use a, a, a toe walker. So you get a to use a toe walker, and she's three years old, and a toe walker. You do this with a toe walker, what are they going to do? First of all, I'm going for exaggerated response. What do they do with their leg? They're going to pull it up. It's very interesting to see this. Almost all the kids I've ever seen who are toe walkers, which is a neurological thing, by the way, very rarely is toe walking an Achilles tendon issue. It's a brain issue. It's a brain issue translating to to this. It's a lower extremity malfunction. <coughs> when you do this, um, you know, with them, this is this is one of the main reasons why a kid is toe walking, because they're trying to, to deaden that obesity reflex. So that's why it's so important to to get rid of these uh, reflexes for all these kids. Who, these various issues. <laughs> so, quickly, I want you guys to try this, which means you, you don't have to do this, but if you, if you can, this is the most accurate way on your hands and knees, or just seated, is totally fine, going from the bottom ribs down, and then with the feet, listen, 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 um, taking your shoes and socks off, may take like 25 minutes, to get them off and I'm back on, so my suggestion is if you have boots, forget it. Just make me it. If you have like something easy to take off, you got like, you know, hey dudes or whatever, or Chacos, pull those things off, you can do it it's pretty easy. But don't and, but if you don't want to take your socks off because you want to cold whatever it's like, all right? All right, go. Go. All right. It is not an unusual thing to have uh, people of all different ages uh, have this kind of stuff going on. I will tell you, just as an aside, um, if you're in a car accident, test for for primitive reflexes, because car accidents, or concussions, will actually cause primitive reflexes to turn back on. But there's a different kind of primitive reflex. See, so like, these reflexes we're talking about in kiddos, these are called retained. In other words, they've never left. A concussion that brings them on is called returned primitive reflex so you have retained and returned right retained means it never went away so they had it and, and they're six and they still have it returned means it's like you know you're a normal person everything's going great but like you had a car accident or a sports injury you know a concussion playing hockey or football or wrestling or whatever and then now you're this they came back so that's, um, so th- those are those two reflexes. Understand, what do some people, especially parents, say about the back and the feet, and, and their movement that they see with their kids? It's ticklish. It's ticklish. You know what I, why I use this reflex hammer? Why do you think I use reflex hammer instead of my fingers? Because I say to the parents, your kid should be ticklish to a piece of cold metal. like, that's a good point. Right? Because if I went to the kids this I went, come on, let's do it, let's do it, Kubinsky. Right, that would get me really tickling, right? Right. But you take a piece of cold metal, you shouldn't be tickling It's a piece of cold metal. And sometimes kids will laugh. They'll laugh when you do the come on, they'll laugh when they do that because that's part of the reflex, right? That's part of the positiveness of that reflex. So laughing actually will if you're grading I you actually give them a higher score. If they're moving and laughing, they get a higher Grade on this. And remember, high grade is good, right? We don't want high grade. piss me. Going on that, have you ever had patients <laughs> where you're adjusting this, whether it's a activator or another technique, and they're highly responsive to, like, they say they're ticklish for that? Brilliant question. So uh, uh, the question is I uh, think you probably experienced this also if you're doing any sort of adjusting or even that if you touch on that, you know, middle lumbar, up, the lower, lower, band, uh, lower thoracic area, and people jump when you adjust them with an activator or just you putting your hands, that is a positive non-reflex uh, also. Awesome. So absolutely, yeah. Um, so I usually tell people, if I notice that, I'll tell people to do the primitive reflex exercise, which I'm gonna, all right, so I don't have a lot of time, so I'm not gonna get tomorrow, I'm sorry, we'll maybe do this a time. <coughs> you can invite me back for real next time. <laughs> if <makes> <coughs> So um, let's talk about the exercises, how to fix them, in case you happen to have them or you see them in some of the kiddos in the clinic. <coughs> so the way you're going to fix these four, not the anterior or the molar, but the rooted Palmer Galata Babinski, is you're going to do the same motion that you use to test them to fix them. So it makes it super easy for the parents to understand. And I don't have a paintbrush here. Uh, once again, I bring some bag back at home. So, uh, but usually what I do is I get some like little paintbrush kind of a thing, like a, some plastic Chico, you know, I get like 100 paintbrushes for 10 buck kind of paintbrushes, the ones that you like, you have like in kindergarten art class. And you will do the same motion. So, as an example, if a kiddo had a rooting reflex, I say, hey mom, here's your paint. You now, let's make a little use this. In case someone's watching. Basically, this is a paintbrush. This is now a paintbrush, okay? So you go like mom, you go like this to your kiddo with the paint, with the brush end, not the pointing end, with the brush end like this, and you do that 10 times on this side and 10 times on this side. Now, if one side is much more dramatic than the other side, you're going to do more on the dramatic side than, so let's say, uh, let's say they had a really uh, plus four on the right and a plus two on the left, you're gonna do 20 on the right side and 10 on the or some variation thereof. <coughs> Always doing it bilateral. Always doing it bilaterally because you want to build symmetry. <coughs> so that's for the rooting reflex, for the visky reflex. Sydney so doesn't have hands really, but your hands are closed. So you would take the paintbrush right, this is a paintbrush. Not the, not the and you're gonna go like this along from the bottom of the wrist to the top of the fingers. I mean to the bottom of the fingers like this. Right? And do that ten times on each side. Once again, explain to the parents it's not one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, Right? It's one, let them respond, let them relax. Two, let them respond, relax, etc. And then do the other side. The glanticity, how do you how do you do those? Same. Same thing. You're gonna tip for the the reflex, have them go on their hands and knees if possible, if they can, if not, they can sit or whatever. And then go from the bottom ribs down, right? And the and do that ten and wait, right? Don't just go one, two, three, do this. They might make them a little movement, then they stop, do it again, they might make them a movement, then they stop, and then obviously do the other side, do ten times there. And then same with, with the Babinski <coughs> reflex. <coughs> Excuse me, sorry. Uh, go on that outside of the foot, pinky side, and under your toes. Pinky, side like this. Very, 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 very important. When you got to tell us to your parents. When you're doing primitive reflex exercises, they might get mad. If they get mad, what should you do? Should you power through? Mm-hmm. No. No, no, no. This isn't like football coach... Just tough it out and even, you know, kind of like, that's not how you do it. They start getting mad, you stop. Because you don't want them to get mad at the paintbrush because that's what happens. What ha- I've seen it happen, I've had patients come in and say, like, this is like the evil paintbrush. And my ch- I take it out and my child, like, starts to scream and cry and run and hide. <clears throat> I said, you've overdone it with that little one. No, I didn't. Well, I did it 10 times like you said. I said, well, they have any reaction? Well, they did cry every time I did it. I'm like, well, you're not supposed to go into, because if they're, if they're going into crying, what sympath, what, I just get away. They're in sympathetics. They're in sympathetics, right? We don't want them in We want them in parasympathetic when this happens, right? Do, do you get, by the way, do you get neurologically that parasympathetic is a learned response? Right? You're born kind of in sympathetics. Parasympathetic to calm, to self-calm, to self-soothe, to, to to chill yourself out. That's a learned response. A lot of kids on the spectrum don't have the connection, so they don't ever get calm. This is why they have sleeping problems. This is why they have digestion problems. This is why they have pooping problems, because a normal kid can eat poop and sleep, but if you get a kid whose brain is all messed up, they can't eat poop or sleep, they're sympathetic. right? So that's another reason why adjusting has got to be different with these kids, because you can't just adjust everything. You've got to adjust what's the correct things to adjust initially, which is very right often of sticking in the parasympathetics. Yeah? But how does the conversation look for mom or does when you're in the office, they see the reflex, you know what retained, or these retained reflexes can lead to. How does that conversation look so you get across that they need to do this but not freak them out where they are the kid? scared again? That's a great question. I don't have time to give you a complete answer, Scott, but the answer essentially is um, when they were born, what we should do is that pre-frame beforehand. I say, we're going to do now with test for reflexes. When they were a little baby, and you did this, what would they do? And they say they close their hands. All right. How long did that last? I don't know. I'd be like up to about a year old or so. Yeah. And what happened after a year? Well, it went away exactly. And it's, it's supposed to be away now that they're six, but it might still be there. And if it is still there, then we got to get rid of them. And usually that's it. And if they ask more questions, we can go into more detail, but. That's usually the, the answer. <clears throat> so <clears throat> to wrap it all up um, so we get out uh, on time, I gave you these two papers. I'm sorry I didn't put the links on for, for these things, but maybe take pictures of them, because to me these things are like so vitally important for you guys to understand what these reflexes are and what they do. So here's the first one and here's the second one. I think these are critical. I and mean, you gotta know, if, you get, if you're gonna deal with autistic kids, is on the spectrum you have to know Malilla's work it's just is a must in my opinion and you, and you should take my S.P.A. class because I, that's what I talk about the whole time um, <clears throat> just as an aside I'm a peak doc I'm always looking for great peak interns um, we are we have openings for fall 2024 I'm looking right now for fall 2024 and beyond so anybody interested, we have a training program where we train you starting whenever you get started in our office so that the, on day one, as a, for instance, one of our interns, Mariah, her first day, she adjusted 26 people. Day one adjusted 26 people because she was trained for six, eight months before she even started. So if you're interested, let me know. I would love to, uh, to work with you guys, especially anybody in this room is already pre-framed for being there. This is my ICPA main class, uh, I'll be here, this end of this year, I think, or something or other. Or, I don't know. I'm all over the place. But so, somewhere or another, if you go on that QR code, it'll get you right to where I'm going to be. You should, all you guys should take ICPA classes if you possibly can. And I have a podcast, if you're interested. It's the longest-running podcast in chiropractic, over 500 episodes, totally free. Um, it's called Chirocast. You can check out the QR code right there. If you're interested, and like I'll post this on the podcast, and I post all the different talks about different things. there, are ten minutes to an hour long, or so, and it's been a lot of fun. But overall, the most important thing we gotta do is protect our kiddos, right? That's why I do what I do, why I speak for the ICPA, why I teach here at Life, why I have a practice of mostly kiddos, because I gotta take care of these kids because that's our future. And if we can get a kid like this, who's three or four years old, adjusting Mickey and Minnie Mouse. Um, before they go to Disney so that they could be ready for Disney, then you got to know that that little girl, when she gets older, is going get, to get her own kids adjusted, right? And she'll be adjusted when she's pregnant. And that's the whole point, right? Is, is we change the future one child at a time, right? That's the point, one child at a time. Thank you, guys. I'll see you next week.